as part of the Jeremiah Show. It's the Arwen Lewis Show. Arwen Lewis is a singer, a songwriter, and a guitarist. She inhabits our blue planet, but her beliefs belong in the celestial realm. As the daughter of Peter Lewis, a founding member of rock and roll cult icons Moby Grape, and the granddaughter of Oscar-winning actress Loretta Young, she's been part of the creative cosmos all of her life. She's a slice of sonic heaven, poised to enter your heart, mind, and soul. She's an artist, producer, and writer, and she's your radio host. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. My show is under the Jeremiah Show platform, and I feature up-and-coming and established musical artists. Today, I have a very interesting <clears throat> uh, established songwriter and recording artist named Russ Dust, or the artist's name is Russ Dust. He's my special guest on the Arwen Lewis Show today. He's released two full-length LPs on Omad Records, which is a boutique record label based out of New York City and owned by John D. Nicola, which is also home to both of my releases and many other fascinating artists. We're going to be playing songs from both of Russ Dust's LPs today, and we will be featuring his song Sky, which he co-wrote uh, between uh, John D. Nicola and Russ Dust. We'll be playing that in its entirety today from his... LP tour, but it were so simple at the end of the show today. His first release on Omad Records is titled Diviners and Shives, and his second is titled Twer, but it were so simple. So, uh, Rest Dust, welcome to the show. Thank you so Thank much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Arwen. It's nice to see you. Yeah, nice you to be with you. Same. Uh, I was thinking we could um, start by talking about uh, your name really quickly. Um, and so your name is Jason Stutz, right? Yeah. Present yourself artistically as Rust Dust. Uh, what's the meaning behind your stage name and what inspired you to create this and when did it come into fruition? Ooh. So, uh, well, Rust Dust was originally uh, a dry rub that we put on our barbecue and we thought it looked like rust. And it was dust. And we were like, so, or, well, we said, oh, it looks like something you could scrape off the bottom of a tractor and put on your barbecue. So we, we called it Rust Dust. And then I did play with some other folks, and the, the band was called Rust Dust. And I liked the idea of it. And I, I liked the idea of not using my name because it's not all me it's just an idea in a way so i can the songs aren't all about me although they, they are in first person a lot and they're ideas i have but I have, you know that so it kind of helps me just be someone else as a songwriter maybe or separate myself from that idea yeah like you're um you're using this persona to tell a story almost like not an actor but just like a segue for the story that you're playing you know through music yeah 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 i think yeah um well thank you for letting all of our listeners know um and i thought it would be nice to start too by talking about um you know when you started to learn music um in the first place when did you start playing music and what inspired you to be a musician well, I, um, I, I went to church as a young person and I sang in the children's choir 
So that's, you know, that's probably got to be the first time, you know, you get together and make a pretty good sound with a group of people. And um, then I remember, um, I guess she was our kindergarten and first grade teacher, Miss Grimsley. Um, I remember music class. And I, did you know that song, John, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? His name was our my name, too. Whenever we go out, the people always shout, singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, la, 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 right? I love and it. And you, you take it higher and higher and then lower and lower. And you just sing it round and round. And she let us, like, go nuts. We would be really loud. And a bunch of kids getting to be loud and sing is pretty, you know, that's close to freedom right there, right? And, and uh, I think that caught on. I, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so it's all Miss Grimsley's fault, probably. Uh, and, and then I started playing guitar when I was in my teens, you know, because guitar's fun. Yeah, well, and it, that's really beautiful that it really seems to have just emerged from a place of joy for you. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I hope I hope everybody can have joy in music, you know. And we can. And yeah. I, hope, I hope we do. <laughs> I second that. Uh. Yeah. Well, talking about guitars, I heard that you have a floor-to-ceiling collection of guitars that includes guitars dating from the 1890s to the 1960s. Um, can we talk about that? That sounds yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you probably you probably have a stack of guitars yourself, if uh, truth be told. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not so, floor-to-ceiling. You know, uh huh. Well, you, you know. You, you, just keep on stacking uh, <laughs> or don't. I admire people who are a little more minimalist. Um, I think I, I come from a family. Well, I, I grew up in the country and I think my country roots, my grandpa and his brothers all saved everything and then collected some things. And so guitars are my thing like that. And I just love old instruments. Um, and so I've collected just as I collect them more, I just enjoy the older ones. I, I have a few from the twenties. I have an old Martin from the eighteen nineties, and it, you, when you hold them, you just feel a certain way. And when you play them, you can imagine being oh, it's, it played songs back then. So you're hearing something just like it would have sounded back then. I don't, it's very exciting. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say that's so cool. And it sounds like they're like family heirlooms, too, right? They've been passed down or are you just. Kind of uh, these are just things I've collected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But my one of my uncles uh, collected little, little old tractors that you walk behind. It was, that was his sickness. Um, you know, it's like, how many of those do you need? I one more. Uh, Depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uncle Charles needed a couple for sure. Nice. <laughs> Which is a great memory. <laughs> what, were your family farmers? Were you in the farm business? Uh, my, my grandpa had uh, nine brothers and one sister, and they were sharecroppers when they were kids. Okay. And um, so they, when they were older, they all worked in factories and things like that. But they did all ha have gardens and things because... I think that was their way of finding their peace and, and enjoying their time. I mean, I'll I'll speak on that. Like gardening is such a meditative, zen, beautiful way to connect with the work, with the work, with the world, as is music, too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, then I thought like we could kind of move from this little beautiful conversation into um, 
like the theme of your song. So I don't know if like that um, part of your family history has influenced you. Um, I know that a common theme in the Rusta songs um, is the idea that we all struggle to find love or find and love ourselves as well as others. Um, uh, so what inspired you to explore this idea in your writing? I kind of got um, reminded to talk about that because like, I mean, there's like a way to find love in life through gardening and music, but um you know, as far as that philosophy goes, uh, what expi- inspired you to explore that concept in your writing? Uh, well, um, I don't, I, I've talked to people about this before. I, I don't think I've ever talked about it interview wise. Okay. I'm going to say it real quick. Um, so, um, well, I think every day we struggle um, in some way, and some of us are really blessed. Our struggles aren't nearly as hard as others. Uh, but nonetheless, no matter who we are, we, we have some struggle. And um, I had um, a struggle sort of love myself at, at one time, and I still do sometimes, but it's not, I think it's hard. And it stemmed from not knowing my father when I grew up. And I know him now. So I want to just say, uh, I'm not, I, there's, we have, found forgiveness and we we are we get to, we've gotten to know one another a little bit at this point so i'm not but that was part of my struggle and it it, it caused some confusion in my mind that it led me to abuse myself in some ways i in this case i'm just going to say it was alcohol yeah and it's just true i've not ever really aired that with anybody except in in personal conversations but i think this is a good place it, you know i, I feel it, it's a friendly place and so um in that way i had some struggles i think everybody has struggles like that you are and not alone that's a big that, that's a very that, common thing that absolutely and and i think we should know that we're all struggling and and by saying it and we can say hey you yeah, it's a struggle, but you can feel better. And, and there's a reason to love yourself. And then I hope if we can love ourselves and we can find that, then we can love one another. And, I, you know, I just, yeah, I hope that for the world. And, and so, so, and I think, I think about it. So I write, some, I wrote some songs about it. It's some of them are not, it's not all about the personal details. It's just, a general idea well yeah and i think that music is a really nice way to for how you know understand like it's a really nice way for the writer to either process what they're feeling or process an idea that's coming through them because i know you've kind of talked about how sometimes you're just a channel to an idea too um but also most all 100 i'd say 100 percent of the time somebody that hears that needs to hear it and feels less alone in a world of struggle sometimes you know like i think we don't realize i'm a yoga teacher and um what i i always like to share like i don't know an inspirational quote in the beginning of my classes if it's from like a um, philosophical yoga text or whatever spiritual quote-unquote text um and but my favorite classes that inspired that i would take that inspired me to start teaching were you know taught by teachers who seemed you know, they seem perfect right on the outside, but then you get to know them 
And they start, you know, they just share like something that's inspirational. And I would just look around the room and notice every single person just needed to hear that for a different reason, whether it's like small or large, you know. And so thank you for sharing that idea with us. And also, yeah, like I'll just second that, that I think that music is a really nice segue, um, you know, to express that. And, you know, it's a healing thing and it's a communal thing. And that's everybody needs that. Um, but on the other side of this, you also like have some really fun and goofy songs too. And that can be a type of therapy as well, like laugh therapy or like you can compare it to goat yoga, which I wouldn't do. But um, what, what did you say? Or you could say like compare that to goat yoga. I don't know. Goat, yoga. goat yoga. I don't know. I don't know goat yoga. <laughs> well, it's like you do yoga and then there are goats like walking around, which I think is very <laughs> dangerous because I really believe that that could cause some serious alignment issues. <laughs> it's supposed to be good for the soul. Uh, ah, I kind of dig it, but I don't. I I might. Yeah, you want to. You want to be safe. <laughs> I mean, I like goats though. Me too. <laughs> um but so yeah so as far as your songwriting so how what's your perspective on you know how does it affect you when you write like something that's a little more funny and uplifting um does that just bring you to a different type of catharsis oh you know at that point i, I it probably does but i have I, you know if, if it feels good i don't i just like oh you don't even need to think about it anymore uh let's let's move let's feel good and you know and let's not think for a little while because you know we just there just a minute ago we was thinking pretty heavy about heavy things and well we should sometimes but oh man can't walk around like that all the time i don't think <laughs> well, it's the of life is the human nature right you know if yeah not- well, yeah it's it's our journey and our yeah and our nature yeah <laughs> um well uh, and then so as far as like being the channel for all these ideas like um so like your bio i guess i'll kind of restate what i said before um it says that you eagerly accept the mystery of songwriting and that you allow the songs to take shape in a matter of minutes or sometimes over the course of years and that you don't typically sit down to write a song um and sometimes you just feel lucky enough when they appear so what is your process uh for writing songs is it just you know when things come to you whether it's something happy or something a little more um you know on the darker side or yeah how do you channel the idea you know it's uh, sometimes things just sound kind of neat one little phrase and i'll write it down and i'll go god that's just kind of weird and i don't know what that means but then i come back to it in my mind and and it starts to maybe have meaning Oh, maybe, and I can write another line that goes with it. And if I'm lucky, then a bunch more lines just kind of start to go. And and then I might write a bunch of gobbledygook. And I go, oh, no, not that one. Maybe this one. This goes with this. And so that's kind of fun sometimes, um, you know, or and sometimes it all just spills out. Um, and then I can just go back and sort of rearrange it. Um, or, you know. Um, I, I, right now I watched this TV series called alone, the last, uh, the last season. And it's where these people live out in the woods for about 50 to 90 days by themselves. And it's, they have a lot of thoughts by themselves and they, and they survive on the land. And 
this they eat what they kill there, which we eat food that we go to the grocery store and get. So it, yeah. This woman trapped a squirrel, and they're always very thankful for the life of it. But when she got it out of the trap, there was another squirrel there, and the squirrel was obviously mourning the death of the other squirrel, and it's really sad. Yeah. And I, I think about when I eat meat, and I do some, um, and I try to be thankful for it, but it really, the squirrel has a consciousness, you know, and all things do. And so we were talking about writing songs. Right now, that's just stuck in my head. It's been there for quite a while, and I, I have a song title called Death of a Squirrel, but I don't have anything else. But I think that might be a song one day. I could totally see you coming up with something really beautiful. And I wanted to talk about your song titles, too, because you have these amazing, really interesting and intriguing song titles, like right off the bat. Like, I want to listen to the songs like and I wanted to listen to them before I even heard your music. And um, like, so I can see how Death of a Squirrel could turn into a really cool little short story. And you could really make it a catharsis or something a little more dramatic um but some of your titles are ice queen sandwich must be jelly ufo and they're all on your album tour but it were so simple and you describe that one as a deceptively simple uh very spacious sounding and it was recorded live in a brooklyn brownstone and so can you maybe expand on the concept of that particular album and um, how you chose the album title and the song titles? Oh well, um, well, where to start? Um, the the album, um, the album title, "Twer," uh, but it were so simple, and so that's sort of as a song title as well. Sometimes things sound funny to me, and I walk around the house saying it. To, I, I say to my wife, "I oh, twer," but it were so simple. Well. That really came from a movie, um, and I looked it up recently because it's it's a Coen Brothers movie called Hail Caesar. I don't know what, and there's a scene in it where this poor dude who's I think he's not a very good actor, and so we, the the director wants him to say there, but it would so simple would but would it would but it. You see what happened there, uh -huh, yeah. but it wears and they, oh, and it's so funny. So I didn't even, at the end, you can't tell what they're saying. So I thought they were saying twer, but it were so simple. And I thought that was kind of funny because in the end, he goes, it's complicated. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> which is pretty simple. It just is such a funny little twist. and. So uh, that's how that I thought. I just thought that was a funny thing to say. And the song tour, but it were so simple, is uh, about how hard life is. And our life is not simple a lot. It's complicated, you know. <laughs> and uh, but then we say things that are even more complicated. Right. It, there's this idea. It's kind of confusing. Um, it's like if you can just narrow everything down and call it, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I read a really before we, we're going to go out to break in a minute, but I'll finish up. I'll respond to you and just say, like, I read I'm reading this book. It's called Tales from Two Sides of the Brain. 
And it talks about how, you know, like the human body is made up of like, you know, countless cells, right? But like, instead of like trying to understand like every single cell and every single thing that like come goes into the human body to make it work, you just say human. <laughs> so like that's right? the way of understanding yeah. things more easily. That's um, but the anyway, cells that we are. <laughs> yeah. So this is, we're just getting started with this awesome interview. Um, we're going to take everybody out to break really quick. If you're just tuning in, my very special guest today is Jason Stutz. He is a front person and the creator of a band called Rust Dust. And he's on OMAD Records. You can find out more about Rust Dust on OMADRecords.com. Find him on Instagram at Rust Dust Band or Facebook under Rust Dust. We're going to take you out to break with the title track off of his album Dividers and Shives called diviners and shives and bring you back in with his song ufo which is off of his album twer but so simple both released on nomad records this is arwin lewis you're listening to the arwin lewis show and we'll be right back i've been in the head i've been kicked in the head i've got a lot of blood but i still ain't dead and i was cutting out while i was still in and you motherfuckers know i'm coming back Hi, this is Larry Weiss, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Freaky deaky mama E-I-O They all go like a UFO Good morning, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis. You're listening to the Arwen Lewis radio show. Uh, we took you out to break with Rust Dust song, Diviners and Shivs. 
and brought you back in with his song UFO. And my very special guest today is an artist um, off of a New York City record label called Omad Records. His name is Jason Stutz. He's the creator of the band Rust Dust. And uh, so I thought we could talk about UFO, um, your song off of your most recent release on Omad Records. Um, tell us about the song and what inspired you to write it and title it UFO. <laughs> well, uh, this is going to be, you know, you probably will get some calls from the news organizations, maybe the Pentagon pretty soon. Because <laughs> um, I can tell you where what the UFOs are. Um, so, uh, the first UFO sighting I remember was at a family reunion and somebody brought some mushroom pizza and nobody knew what it was, but we all ate it. Um, about two hours later, my uncle Bob was up on the top of the barn and we said, uncle Bob, what are you doing up there? And he smiled and said hey baby i'm a ufo and i swear <laughs> he disappeared it was just like and we were like we saw him fly over the edge of the barn and he was gone oh my god and so other people said i think i saw something too what was it well it was uncle bob but a lot of people don't know that they just saw something <laughs> right yeah. So, you know, he said, hey, baby, I'm a UFO. I all lit up with nowhere to go. And then theory was, turns out he just landed in the hay right beside the barn. He didn't fly that far. But anyway, that's where that came from. I didn't actually write that. My uncle did, I reckon. But oh, I, I, and I, stole it from, I stole it from him, I guess. <laughs> You co-wrote it. You co-wrote it. Uh, you know, I observed. I don't, you know, I don't know if you think about writing songs. Sometimes it's just, we're just observing what's going on. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I really, you know what? There's a really, do you know who David Sedaris is? The writer? Oh, my, uh, yeah. Me, my wife Nina likes uh, David Sedaris a lot. So she tells me about him sometimes and his craziness. Have you read his book? There's a, he wrote this book called Theft by Binding. And it's all about conversations that he's eavesdropped on and it's like three inches thick like it's, uh -huh. it's hilarious um so i mean that that might be my next thing to go into a coffee shop and listen to people and write, write uh -huh. conversation um, just just be careful you might hear things you don't want to <laughs> that's the truth i can always switch things around or i don't know i don't want to i don't want to be traumatized either so. <laughs> um well anyway so uh, let's so, move into talking about I thought we could talk about your recording process because it sounds like uh, you have a lot of really cool experience with that uh, well yeah I um I, I like recording live yeah okay. uh, which uh, I don't know it just feels good to it just when it's played back it like well that's a picture of what was and, and uh, I, I like to think it has a certain energy to it um and uh, so uh, it's a lot of fun that way. Um, and I got to record with John DiNicola, the first uh, record to Viners and Shivs, um, which was really fun because uh, I said, I gave John some recordings of some songs and 
said, hey, could we please record this live? And John is such a nice dude and so into doing fun things and being challenged. Like he's like, he's, he was, so I said, you know, could we record it live, please? And I think he said, well, how about on two track tape? Because mm-hmm. um, he loves stuff like that. And, and, and so, and I said, well, and would you please kind of be the captain and, you know, make sound effects and things like that. So he put microphones all around. And while we were recording, he was opening and closing mics. And I really, I was just excited. I sat in the chair or stood up in front of the microphone where he said, go there and play. And uh, I tried my best. And then that the rest of it was John and uh, Andrus Balance, uh, who who was doing the engineering work. Some of the engineering were both of them, and so I, it was fun because I felt like they were part of the group. They are part of the group, you know. They're they, it's their performance too. Um, it, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, John's literally because he's been he. So, did John produce these records for you? The uh, yeah, I I would say we we kind of produced them together. Oh. You know, he's he, he's so open to like oh this or that, and and he wants you to be yourself, which is oh such a wonderful thing, right? What what are we all looking for? Uh, is like us oh, people to help us be ourselves and and be kind to us while we do. And, I tell uh, you, he's the best person like to work with in the studio. That was, you know, I will just agree with you right there. He brings the best performance out of you, right? And well, and he's and, and he's still down to business. Yeah, right. Uh, which is really kind kind of cool because he's down to business, but you're like, oh, I feel good still. He's not like, well, okay. oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what words those were, but that's. <laughs> I mean, no, I know exactly how you feel like he because he's very he knows exactly the direction he need. We need to you need to go in right to complete that song. But he also knows how to get the best performance out of the artists that he's working with and allow them to kind of create and change their mind, like as you record and evolve. Um, And so, like, I think like I've had another friend say this to me, too, like who is a producer, like you have to know when to kind of take yourself out and then come back in, you know, with wearing the producer hat. And John is just an expert at that. And he's mad. And and obviously, and he's a great musician too. And so as far as the musicianship is concerned, did you play all of the instruments on these records or is anybody else playing on there too? Cause I know you, Uh, I, I did. um, So they were all live, I think on both records, except for must be jelly. Okay. Um, which I recorded, I think a banjo part that's pretty simple. And I actually, I just, I kind of looped it because I, I sang over it and I, I felt, well, that's kind of funny. It's a crazy vocal. I felt a little, and I said, well, that's kind of wild and fun. I, and I liked it. So I felt, well, let's just leave it like that. And um, I play trombone really badly and I just played trombone badly. I said, Hey, let me just toot this horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminded me of like, you know, it's like, you know, those bands like with a wash club, wash tub bass. Um, like, I feel like you'd find them in Portland. What do you, what's the, I don't, why am I blanking? There's like a name for that style of music. Um, jug band music. Yeah. Maybe. Jug band music. Yeah. Jug band. Yeah. 
That's what it reminded me of, or like New Orleans almost or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. I'm glad it does. I, I mean, Junk band music's so much fun. It's just like, it's got the great, kind of, it just feels like people getting down and with what they got. <laughs> and joy you really capture you do you totally you just capture the joy and everything in your music and your songs and um you know you don't take yourself like like you take yourself seriously enough to like like express your idea but it's not you don't get the trip like the sense that we're I, I don't get the sense that i'm listening to somebody who's like on a huge ego trip or something you know and that's like you know what engages me with music for sure is thank you well, I, I hope not. I, I try not to. You know, I think that's a trap for for all of us humans. Part of our that what we got back to that struggle and make, yeah, and know. artistry too. Um, and so, like, what do you? Uh, I know that we kind of talked about through email back and forth, like the idea of you know what the qualifications are for somebody to call themselves an artist. And like, I've had uh-huh. some songwriters who very serious songwriters who write and write and write, written like hundreds of songs, and they're like, well, you know, one can't call themselves a songwriter unless they've recorded, I don't know, a hundred songs or written a hundred songs. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you kind of said, well, if you're an artist you're an artist and it doesn't really matter how much art you produce. Like everybody works at a different um, pace. So yeah. What are your thoughts on that before we go out to break? Wow. Well, I, yeah, I think everybody has an artist in them if they, if they want to make art and I think they should. Um, And I don't think we should be qualifying things so much because that might stifle some people like, Oh, I'm not this or I'm not that. And I've heard the idea that you're not anything except for what you're doing in the present moment. So if you're making art right now, you're an artist. And that means that if you're not and you want to be an artist, just start making some art right now. And then in the, when you're doing it, you know, yeah, and, and then when you're not making art, then maybe you're a cook because you're cooking dinner, right? And it, yeah. the level of it is... Well, the level of it doesn't really matter terribly much as long as you're doing something fulfilling and positive and and and, and the level will grow if you want it to, if you practice. I'm right there with you. And so anyway, we're going to go out to break really quickly. And uh, my special guest today is Jason Stutz. He is the creator of a band called Rust Us. This is Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis radio show. We're taking you out to break with Rust Dust Song. This new light from his album Twer But So Simple, and we'll bring you back in with his song This Must Be Jelly, also from Twer But So Simple. We'll be right back. Please enjoy. I sit in the dark, this new light's running my mind. I miss a lot of things we've left behind And it's not alright Let us dance for the ghosts that are dead and gone Let us dance for the ghosts that wrote this song Let us dance until love comes along 
let us let this love right our wrong and make it all Hi, this is Peter Lewis of Moby Grape. You're listening to me on the Arwen Lewis Show. Good morning, everybody. This is Arwen Lewis, and you're listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. My very special guest today is Russ Dust. He is a songwriter, recording artist, and a um, performing artist as a musician. And he is based out of um, New York, right? Brooklyn, New York. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he's uh, an Omad Records recording artist, and Omad Records is a boutique label in New York City, owned by John Dina Cola. And uh, we're here featuring Rest Us songs from his albums Tour But So Simple, and also Diviners and Shivs, both uh, co-produced pretty much by Rust Us and John Dina Cola. And we brought you back in with Rust Dust's song, Must Be Jelly. You can find out more about Rust Dust on omadrecords.com at Rust Dust Band on Instagram and under Rust Dust on Facebook. And uh, Jason, I thought we could talk a little bit about your music video, Strange Cake. Um, so we're going to play that song today after this segment. And um, uh, you uh, told me that there was a music critic who watched the video and they said they quote unquote couldn't take you seriously because there were clothespins in your beard. Um, but what inspired you to do that? And do you feel that he missed your point entirely? Well, um, so I, I just, I didn't know there were clothespins in my beard for one thing. So oh. it's really not fair. So I was late to get to the video shoot. I uh-huh. woke up late. And when I ran out the door, I had my clothes were still on the clothesline. Uh-huh. And as I was throwing my clothes on to get into the car to get there, some of the clothespins were still stuck to the shirt oh. and they got stuck in my beard. And so I had these clothespins in my beard all day long. And we had this 
we had this video shoot. No one told me that I had clothespins in my beard. So I don't know. It, it, it just sort of ended up that way. And, you know, these, these things happen. I, and, hey, um, you know, that I, or, you know, it was just a video that we thought was it, it, kind of fantasy in a way, right? <laughs> well, so. I mean, I feel like whoever <laughs> videotaping you or videoing you probably thought you had some artistic decision for why you did that. Because I know I thought that. And I was like, this guy has to have something up his sleeve. Um, well, and, you know, so maybe there was a little idea that it's sort of we've talked about sort of our struggles in life um, and and how things sort of hold on to us and cling to us. And those clothespins are kind of out of place, maybe, yeah. and don't belong there. Um, but I, you know, I, I got the feeling this person even thought maybe I was like headed down the street with the clothespins in my beard. Uh, so yeah. I, I was having a little fun. It was a it was a music video. It was really <laughs> yeah. And you live in New York, so I mean, I New York City is all about high fashion. You can basically do whatever you want and call it brilliance, right? Uh, so I oh would just, man, I would roll with that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I was rocking the newest fashion that never caught on. I guess <laughs> um, uh, until it does. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I also really wanted to talk about uh, this music, the book, The Music Lesson by um, Victor Wooten. I had never read it, but when you brought it up yesterday, um, I mean, I'm a big believer in the connection between spirituality and music. So I thought you could just tell us a little bit about the book and why it's inspired you. So um, I had someone tell me I should read, read it um, quite a few times, and I was kind of lazy on getting around to it. And then I finally read it. And it, it has just touched me. Um, it, it, it really talks about music and how we can get better at music. It's a, it's a work of fiction at the same time, which is a really interesting idea. Um, and just the ideas in it are, are really uplifting, I feel like. Um, one of the ideas is just to smile. And, that, and this is a physically true thing, that when we smile, our brains start to work a little differently and, and we, we just feel better just from the physical action of moving those muscles up. Mm -hmm. And how easy is that? And, and, and your neighbors will love it too, right? Yeah. Um, so that's just this, one of the ideas in it. Um, there's this idea in it of that... And, I, and these ideas are not original. Like I think most of our songs, we're like, we take our ideas from things we've read, and but that that this that the world is full of information. Everything is information, and there's no new information. We're not making up how math works. It it just works the way it does, and all we have to we can become more aware of it. Yeah. It's um yeah. One of my friends once told me that music makes sense, and I thought I was going to tear my hair out at that point because I'm like, is he messing with me? Is that how he's going to explain music? And and over a, over a year or so, I, I go, oh, my buddy Zach was not really messing with me. It just it does make sense. Like the universe makes sense. It's but I have to understand how it's not that it needs to show me how it makes. I just have to become more aware of it. Oh yeah, it, and that's why the 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 music lesson is kind of about things like that. Oh man, it's so good. I just say 
read it if you get it. It's easy to read. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that book up. Um, And also, I mean, to expand on that thought a little bit, like, how do you feel about the idea that music makes our makes our life richer through learning more about it and meeting talented and loving people? Well, here we are. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm enjoying our time together. Uh, I um, I've enjoyed my time together with so many people who play music or just love music, whether they play it or we just talk about it. it always seems to lead to a, a pleasant time with another person um, and discovering more about ourselves and others. And it's just, it can just be fun, you know? So uh, on, a, on a basic level, it's like, oh man, I had a good time playing music with this person or listening to music and talking music and and it creates, it's like a church you know i always say that like you know going to a show like and i mean i've heard so many people say this and i'm sure you have too um you know you go there one person and you leave another or you listen to a record and you're you're in one mood and then you know it's done its job you know you've gone through a little bit of a catharsis and you know it's healing right and like i'm yeah. right there with you as far as you know um the beautiful community that creates. And I also think it's really important because it's freedom, right? Like it creates a sense of freedom. Like you were talking about in the beginning, how when you sing in your kindergarten class, um, you know, your teacher allowing you all to just like sing as loud as you want to. And like, you know, just be like overwhelmed with joy. Like that is pure freedom. And I think that's like the essence of, you know, the magic of music. Oh, and where where else can we find freedom like that? It, it's there's not a lot of places. The music is one of those, you know, an art. I I think, but yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> um, and so then I'm assuming. So I was going to ask you, how do you hope your audience feels when they watch you perform? And also, what yeah, what are your performances like? And where do you have a place that you perform back there regularly? Ooh, you know, I don't perform regularly much. Um, I'd like to in some ways, but I don't beat the streets. I'm a, I, I love, I love playing, but I, it's, I, I'm, I'm not good with managing myself. So to say, uh, if I had an animal trainer that could put me out there and go, go do this, then I, I, I'm pretty good at listening and going and doing things, but getting out and beating the streets for the gigs is one of my weaknesses and. So I don't, I don't get out. I don't get out much. You're lucky. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I am lucky in some ways. I, I do, I do enjoy playing for people too, though. I, you know, when you, when you feel like you've connected with people and it, it's a, it's a lovely feeling. Is there, I, we're going to go to break really quick, but do you have like one particular show, like a memory of it that you really enjoyed? Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted just that. Um, I playing with some different bands and friends where you just look over. You're feeling so good, and you're in a groove together. And you look over. Sometimes you see their eyes, and they see yours, and it just feels so good together. Or you don't even. They. You're not making eye contact, but you're going. Here we are, all together, feeling good and making the sound together. Oh man, it's. It feels, it's hard to, if you've never had that feeling, I wish everybody could, because it feels so good. You know. 
I, would, I, I always prefer to play with people over playing by myself. Yeah. Um, we could talk about this for 10 hours, but we have to go to yeah. break. Uh, so anyway, we're going to play uh, Rust Dust Songs, uh, Rust Dust Song, Strange Cake, coming out to break. And that's from his album. Uh, or, so Strange Cake is from Diviners and Shivs. And we'll bring you back in with Nothing Hurts Worse. And that's also from Diviners and Shivs. You're listening to Arwen Lewis on the Arwen Lewis Show. And find out more about Rust Dust at omadrecords.com, at Rust Dust Band on Instagram, and on Facebook under Rust Dust. Enjoy his music. I'm coming out of my mind. I'm coming back in time. I'm going to find you. Hollywood Vine I'm gonna leave you there I'll try not to care But I'll be thinking of you when I get high Hey, strange king Why you chasing rabbits? Hi, I'm Trey Cornish. I'm Koala. Hi, this is Lydia McIntosh. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Arwen Lewis, Lewis Show. I'm a dreadful wishbone, ain't never been pulled on. I'm a 30-year-old bundle of nerves. Folks always told me, yes, I got older, but more things would start to hurt. But nothing hurts worse than a broken heart. Nothing hurts worse than a broken heart. You can't tear me down and tear me apart, but nothing hurts worse than a morning everybody this is arwen lewis on the arwen lewis radio show today my very special guest is jason stutz from a band called rust dust off of omad records in new york city you just heard his song nothing hurts worse and we're we've been talking about a lot of really interesting philosophies behind creation and being an artist and um the philosophy behind performance and music and uh, Jason, I kind of wanted to ask you, have you ever had any interest in producing other artists? Oh, uh, yes. Um, and I, I've recorded a few people a long time ago. Um, one of my favorites was a band called Sprinkle Genies uh, from the city, from New York. And uh, I just always think, man, those, they, were, they were such a cool rock and roll band. And... Um, but I really didn't produce them as much as record them. Um, and I had a really good time. It's fun putting microphones in front of instruments and recording and then playing it back and seeing if it sounds cool. And, um, and I, if it was production in a way that would is musical, I, I, yeah, I would, I think that'd be a lot of fun. It, you know, it's, uh, 
thank you. I, I, I hope I would. I would try my best. <laughs> I feel I can see you really bringing the joy out of the artist. I, 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 I hopefully you're having fun. If not, we're we're in trouble, right? We. <laughs> Um, well, do you see your music, your mute, your personal music evolving um, kind of like in a different direction than what you've um, put out so far in the future? Or are you do you have any plans to record anything else um, coming up? Do you have some songs in the oven? <laughs> oh, I so I'm always writing down little ideas and um, I uh, I like the little uh, record me now on the on the on the cell phone. You know, uh, so I, if I have something I'm playing over and over again, I'll I'll record it. So I have some snippets that I need to. I would like to go through and go. Oh, dude, is this something or is that something? And I'm I'm hoping that maybe um, I would record with some other human beings. I've recorded uh, two records where it's just me playing music, and um, it would be fun to uh, get in a room with uh, some other hearts beating. And uh, so the, I, I'm thinking that could happen, but I, I don't get in a hurry. <laughs> I, I try. I, I think I say, well, let's try and stay healthy. And that way we'll have a little time to let everything come to fruition, if you will. Um, and if not, we'll, we'll at least be healthy until. Uh... Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, like it. Like I can see you with like a stand up bass and like maybe like a kind of like old school electric, like a stratic, like an old or no, like an old Les Paul kind of, you know, with your. Uh, yeah, I I would I could give all of that a go. Um, and, you know, uh, you shouldn't be surprised if you heard a drum machine. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to. Uh... <laughs> like an old school drum machine or like a new age. Um... I, I don't know. You have to play it for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe both I, I <laughs> well I thought we could just finish up really quick and let's just give OMAD Records a shout out and I thought you could tell us you know why you love OMAD so much um, well I, I love OMAD Records because um, there, John DiNicola and Jake DiNicola who helped who made the video and Deborah DiNicola Nicola, who I, uh, all three of them as a family are just lovely people. And you can just have great conversations with them about music and be honest with them. And they'll do the same back. And they have love in their heart for music. And I think beyond. Um, and so it always feels good being around them and, and making music with them. Um, so I'm right there with you. You know, I wish they would have told me about the clothespins in my beard, but I, you know, I've forgiven them for that. I think, I think, I don't know. Them, I think they were probably just like, oh, that must be his thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I they looked at me kind of funny, but I they could have said, hey, you got some, right? You got clothespins. Well, I don't know, it, but I but I do love the Dean Nicola's and Omed records. It's just they let you be yourself, and that it. What else can you ask for? <laughs> not not much more when you're an artist, that's for sure. Well, Jason, this has been such an amazing talk. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. Um, we're gonna take everybody out and play the song "Sky" that you co-wrote with John Dean Nicola. Yeah, and that's for sure. off of your most recent release tour, but so simple. 
And everybody, this is Arwen Lewis. You've been listening to the Arwen Lewis Radio Show. Uh, my very special guest today was Russ Dust. Find out more about him at Omad's Record, omadrecords.com, at Russ Dust Band on Instagram, and under Russ Dust on Facebook. Jason, thank you so much. Nice to be with you. You too. Thank you, Arwen. Oh, and don't forget to have your cats and dogs spayed and neutered, right? No one ever remembers Just how their death began Divisive nouns spread in the ground With an antonym's iron hand Carrying pain and hurt In a worn-out old suitcase Spilling out my cup I'm a drunkard on parade And you tried to tell me something But I was stuck in all the words Sharp, dull, meaningless without sky And I coulda, shoulda, woulda all But I was clinging to the I wouldn't even acknowledge the sky Collecting all these tears I'll laugh back to heaven one day Trapped in my illusion Outside a gateless gate Unpacking pain and hurt for an extended stay I'll ride this old horse backward I'm a drunkard on parade And you tried to tell me something But I was stuck on all the words Sharp, dull, meaningless without sky And I Shoulda showed I love you all But I was clinging to the hurt I wouldn't even look up to see the sky
with all these words Looking up, now I see the sky And now I know I love you all When I'm giving up on her Thankful as a star in the sky Thankful as a star in the sky The Arwen Lewis Show was brought to you by Evolve Entertainment. Host, Arwen Lewis. Executive producer, Jeremiah D. Higgins. Producer and sound engineer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. You can find Arwen Lewis and all of her music at arwenlewismusic.com. And follow her on Instagram at Arwen Lewis. Arwen Lewis.